And so she remained in the outhouse until they gave it to her. And that's why they call it squatter's rights. Hello, I'm Dan Grubb, and that's Aaron Fletcher-Smith, and this is the Dan and Aaron Like-O-Rama. Music. Yes. That was a flemmy grunge. Yeah. Fleming Grunge. Is there any other kind? Yeah. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> current teens. Got him! Of 30 years ago. <laughs> Got you, long-haired Dave Gruel. <laughs> yeah, take that, America's dad, Dave Gruel. <laughs> Fresh pots! <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was I was uh, channeling fresh pots today. I made a we got a new um, coffee pot. It's like yeah. Uh, we have a um, a fresh a French press. I must say yeah. fresh prince. <laughs> fresh prince. <sighs> the fresh prince yes, of Colombia. Yes. Yeah. The fresh. DJ Jazzy Jeff in the French press. <laughs> <laughs> Drank two cups, I'm on the crapper. Instead of he's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Yeah. So we <laughs> you'll help me smell you later. It's a nice aroma, but I gotta drink it later. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a we got a uh, a new French press. It's like twice as big. So that's cool. Cause now right. three of us drink coffee all the time, so it was like every half hour we have to make a new pot. So we're like, no, another one. Yeah, we're done. Right. So we got that, <laughs> and I was like, oh. I opened the door, fresh pot, and closed it <laughs> instead of fresh pot. Fresh pots. Dave um, Grohl, coffee hero. Well, yeah, coffee man. guy. I, he's fine. He's not I, heroic. Um, he's just like a cool guy. <laughs> when when me and Omid worked at the same company for a while, I. Uh, there, there was a running thing where there were about three of us that knew that joke. And so, and because we sat close enough to the kitchen, uh, <laughs> cube farm. Yeah. Every once in a while from the kitchen, you hear fresh pot. <laughs> <laughs> then you, then throughout the cube farm, you'd hear. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Cause there were only about three or four of us that got it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, good. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's the Dan and Aaron like. Well, that's very nice. <laughs> that is very nice. Yes, you're, you're sorry. You're right. <laughs> um. So yeah, the, what were you saying? I was saying, <laughs> I was saying it's the Dan and Aaron like a Rama. Uh, oh, it's God. the uh, it's the the show where I'm Dan and he's Aaron and we like um, we like Ramas. We like yeah. Rama one half. We like Diorama. Yep. We like the Rendezvous with Rama. Great book. Rendezvous with Rama. Yeah. We like yeah. Uh, yeah. Sonorama, which was a uh, some. I think it was a French audio technique in movies. Yeah, <laughs> like Cinerama. Yeah, Cinerama. The, the this was, this yeah. was Sonorama. It was something. I think. Oh. I think Orson Welles was using it in his uh, European movies in the 60s. 
Well, that sounds good. I was scary. reading about Orson Welles today. Go down that road. Oh yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> He's great. I love that. Um, every voice that Maurice Lamarche does is basically a variation of his Orson Welles impression. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think that's hilarious. That Maurice Lamarche's entire career consists of either doing James Mason or Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, good for him. If, if, yeah. if that can be your job, do it. That's a great job. Hell freaking yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, someone on YouTube put up um, the 1992 editing of um, throughout the 50s and 60s and into the early 70s, Orson Welles tried to make a Don Quixote movie. Oh, and I, I, I think that's, that's where cool. Taylor, where Terry Gilliam got the idea to spend decades um, <laughs> not doing something, but trying right. and failing and not and money yeah. drying up and stuff. And then like a pretty I, a pretty okay version came out a couple years few yeah. years ago. Um, and uh, but anyway, so there was all this footage and like. He was the only one who knew how it should go. Okay. Um, and he was working on it, and uh, then this thing happened where he died. And, uh... You know, that little thing. And, you know, uh, It gets in the way of production sometimes. Yeah, and before that, uh, the, the main actor died. So, uh... Who was the main actor for the Orson Welles, uh... Uh, Don um, it was someone we don't know. Uh, oh, I think his okay. name Never is uh, uh, like I think it's something something Rodriguez, but it's like oh, a, okay. an S instead of a Z at the end or something something oh, like okay. that. It starts with an R. Fred Jones. Fred Rodriguez, and yes. um, so uh, basically uh, between like holding companies who had loaned him money. <laughs> holding some of it and his um the woman he was having an affair with who ended up being a creative and life partner oda cotter um who is an f for fake which is one of the best movies ever everyone should go watch f for huh. fake it's on i think it's okay. on hbo max that's an amazing movie all right that's my favorite orson welles movie um which is saying something because they're you're like dude that guy's huge um yeah uh, Literally and figuratively. Oh oh oh. Um, oh. Or or or. Uh, <laughs> so she had some of it because he like gave her his creative stuff in the will. So yeah. she had some, and like a bank or something had some, and like someone else had some, and he said, uh, Wikipedia said that he purposefully spread the footage out so that someone couldn't like make a crappy version of it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, well, that's like very signaturely Orson Welles, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, fast forward like ten years, for like five years, and uh, someone got a hold of a lot of the footage and uh, okay. made a a crappy version of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And well, I mean, like it was stuff like he had a whole cool ending figured out. And then something happened where it wasn't going to be like he could kind of like 90 percent get there, but he couldn't finish it okay. that way. And so he's like, well, crap. So he burned 100 minutes right. worth of the movie. 
Oh, wow. And so it's like, and he was like, well, I guess I'll have to figure out what to do now. And then he died. <laughs> so in, in his memoir, he's, he's like, the technology of the time would not allow me to create the Jar Jar Binks that I had imagined. <laughs> but perhaps someday, someday, a weird looking bug eyed, long eared rabbit looking creature. We can bring him to the screen for that is my epic ending. Yeah. To to Don Quixote is that. Jar Jar Binks will arrive and save Mr. Quixote, uh, therefore bringing peace to the land. To the galaxy, yeah. Yeah, to the galaxy. That's... And now I die. Yeah. Oh, by the way, frozen peas. <laughs> <laughs> Full of delicious frozen penis. <laughs> I think that was a critic joke. Was that on the critic, that joke? It was indeed. It was what a indeed. good show. Anyway. Orson Welles' frozen peas. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Anyway, so that that was that sent me down the Orson Welles uh, wiki hole. Um, yeah, and uh, and that that's what put me in the mindset of like all tours and made me go, "Ooh, I know an all tour that I've been oh, yeah. for the last few months." Whenever we're like, "What do we want to talk about tonight?" I'm like, "Well, I could talk about Jacques Tati," and then we think of other things. Yeah. Um, so that's tonight's topic is Jacques Tati. Yeah, so Dan's been really excited about this for a while. So I don't know anything about Jacques Tati. Uh, Tati? Jacques. <laughs> Jacques Tati. <laughs> Jack, um, Jack Tati. <laughs> Jack Tati. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about him, so I, I look forward to learning. <laughs> and um, let me uh, open my old brain spigot and you, you uh, pour knowledge right in there. Cool. Um, that was really, I don't know, that was, that was more oh, disgusting than I hoped it would be. Um, anyway. Oh, the other, yeah, go ahead. The other, you have an O and I have an O. <laughs> yeah. The other really awesome uh, old movie that I saw recently. Wow. Uh, it's uh, an Italian movie from like 68, 67, something okay. like that. It's called My Name is Nobody. Oh, okay. It's one of these spaghetti westerns. And uh, it's um, the 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 two stars are this guy Terence Hill. I think he was like German or I think he was like German. And he came down to Italy and worked as an actor there. And Peter yeah. Fonda. Oh, cool! And uh, oh my God, this movie—it's so much fun. It's just like, cause I mean, Peter Fonda like has some of the best eyes. He has those like Paul Newman eyes. You're just like wow. Right cool look at him wow (laughs) and it's it's a western and uh terrence hill's character he's another just like extraordinarily handsome guy yeah he's like wow look at these two handsome guys (laughs) they're just (laughs) they're real good at shooting bad guys cool (laughs) uh and like uh terrence hill is like a he plays nobody and nobody's like an up-and-coming gunslinger and peter fonda's like a you know, t- uh, two more days to a retirement gunslinger. He's like trying to get out of it. And, right. Okay. And nobody, he's like a fan of his and he's like, Oh, remember the time you did this? That was cool. I sure would be cool <laughs> if you did this. He's kind of like an eager right. puppy, but he's so like, he has that kind of like Paul Newman, Robert Redford, like Brad Pitt, George Clooney, kind of like charismatic, handsome guy who's also funny which is unfair right 
Right. And he's just like relaxed and and funny and just charming. Mm-hmm. And oh man, you just want to, it's so much fun just watching these guys be charming and handsome. And you're like, wow, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my name is nobody. Oh man. My what a great movie. Uh, it was right. on, it was on some streamer. I don't know. I, you know, so I will say real quick, um, freaking um, um before we go that much further into uh Jacques Satie, yeah i do want to say since we we're talking about orson welles touch of evil Ooh. is such such a good movie yeah that's like a good one. that that was one of those where we were doing our history cinema class and um a lifetime and a day ago and um we were like making our way through uh, different movies, 40s, 50s, 60s, etc., and we got to Touch of Evil, and you know, uh, uh, directed and featuring Orson Welles. Yeah, I can't remember whether he wrote it. Um, no, he came on he as it. an actor, and then uh, Charlton yeah. Heston insisted that he take over as director, and that he directed. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! Some of the scenes. In Touch of Evil, um, like just unmatched in terms of like, first of all, you, you couldn't. It's not that you couldn't do them these days; it's that the methodology in which some of the scenes were shot doesn't have like a cinematic parallel in terms of like, I don't know. There were just there were so many great dynamic, like some of the pans, some yeah. of the like. Stuff that he did with the the camera moving up and past a person's uh, shoulder to show what was in the background and, and just yeah. so much stuff where it's like, what? Doesn't it have some... And, it's been a while since I've seen it. Is that the one that has some cool mirror shots? Yes. Yeah, 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 I yeah, love yeah, yeah, any yeah. mirror shot. I'm a sucker for it. I love a oh, mirror yeah. shot. Yeah. Enter the Dragon has so, some good ones. Right. Yeah, I just, I really love that. Um, I, I really love that movie. And I think I've seen it twice, maybe three times. Yeah. And it's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic film. Yeah, that's one Touch of those really good man. ones. Yeah. Like Orson yeah. Welles movies, it's either like, wow, that was amazing. Or, right. or damn, I wish he got, I wish he got more money. Right. He would have, <laughs> so he could have done it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he. All right. Well, that, anyway. that was my deviation. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, one last thing before we get into the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, quick, uh, quick message from the sponsor. Yeah. Uh, this week's sponsor is Organized Crime. Organized <laughs> Crime. We promise, it's really a super strategic, ruthlessly hierarchical underworld that secretly controls everything. And not just some old fat dudes with crappy phones. Organized crime. Organized, organized crime. Yeah. We're uh, everywhere. Turn to it. Yeah. Turn to it wherever uh, financial uh, issues are sold. Yeah. <laughs> financial issues are sold. I watched the John <laughs> Wick movies, too. I've been watching a lot of movies lately. Those John Wick movies, everyone on Earth is right. They're cool. I'm really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to seeing them at some point. Yeah, I Some got on. Uh, we just missed the bus on them. I missed but, them. Yeah, I'm, I got I'm on uh, Tubi, T U B I, and it's basically mm-hmm. they got a bunch of movies, but there's commercials, 
If it's like it's free, I'll watch a free movie. Sure. Hell yeah. That's that's where I watch John Wick. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm. Amanda and I've been looking forward to watching. We just missed it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, we we'll have to rad. catch up on that eventually. Cool. All right. So. I guess I guess it's just like the cool movie episode. We're just talking about cool movies as the way in to uh, to this other cool thing. Jacques Tati. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So um, it's however you want to do it, man. Yeah, it's been like what ten minutes. We can talk about something cool for like ten minutes. So yeah. Jacques Tati, he is um, this uh, French dude. Um, who he came up in like uh, almost like cabaret, like the French thirties is uh, equivalent of vaudeville. Right. And his big act that got him famous and got him like as sort of a, like a starring role on stage mm-hmm. is uh, he would do um, uh, pantomimes of sports. Okay. He would just get on stage and like, I mean, it's almost like if you go to like an improv show and it's like, right. hey, pretend you're playing tennis and he would play tennis, except <laughs> except no okay. one's shouting it out. But it's that sort of like, oh. um, what so it's like hybrid improv, improv pantomime. It was. Yeah. I mean, there's no improv at all. It was all okay. it was all like planned out and he did like the same routine uh. every night. But that's oh, sort of okay. like, right. you know, when when you see improv people and they're like or like sketch people and they're mm-hmm. just acting and they're just like they're pretending to hold things and every and stuff. Right. So right. he did that and he would do like a whole show oh, okay. of, you know, playing sports. And he be you know, that was like his his thing. So he's like a pantomime right. guy. Right. Right. He's like a mime guy. Um, and I should say right off the bat. He is the direct um, inspiration for Mr. Bean. Okay. Rowan, oh, all right, all right. Rowan, cool. At, Rowan Atkinson saw one of his movies when he was like 17 or something, and he was like, oh, my yeah. God, you can do this? Okay. <laughs> you can get away with this? And it just <laughs> it influenced uh, his comedy, and uh, culminating in Mr. Bean, who is universally beloved. In fact... Right. The second Mr. Bean movie, Mr. Bean's Holiday, the title is a, a reference to uh, Jacques Tati's pro- uh, probably most famous question mark movie, uh, Monsieur. Mm-hmm. You like how I say that? Monsieur. That's how we say um, it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Hulot's Holiday. So it's, okay. you know, M period. Monsieur. Hulot's holiday, H-U-L-O-T, Hulot. Um, so he did several movies. Uh, uh, Jeux de Fête, uh, The Big Day, where he plays a postman going around this town when they're having like a festival. And, you know, it's fun, and it's, it's fun. Lots of good gags. Um, right. But then it's sort of his middle movies that are like the holy crap Look at that guy. Okay. And that right. is uh, Mr. Hulot's Holiday. And then right. Mon Uncle, My Uncle. And then Playtime. Huh. And then he also did Traffic and Parade, which are also fun. Uh, Traffic, 
he has like an RV that's decked out in all this like gadgets and stuff, and it's funny. And, oh, uh, that's cool. And Parade is kind of like a circus show. Um, hmm. And like they're both cool. They're like they're they're good movies, but right. the, the like, oh my god, movies are those middle three: uh, Mr. Hulo's Holiday, My Uncle, and Playtime. So. Like I was just saying, uh, F for fake, like Orson Welles, everyone's like, oh yeah, Orson Welles. And then you're like, no, F for right. fake, that's the shit. Okay, and like, all right. Really? Because you know he did Citizen Kane. And like, yeah, <laughs> trust me, F for fake. I'm like, wow, okay. okay. That's how I feel right. about that third movie, Playtime. Oh my God, Playtime right. is like in my short list of like, you know, I don't have like an all-time favorite, but if it's like, right. depending on the day, that might be my favorite. Okay, um, all right. So F for fake. His, uh, so Tati, his, he's such, he's in control. Okay. And he has to be in control because his movies are... It's like slow motion slapstick. It's, it's that. It's kind of in the realm of like. Comedies of manners. Where you, I mean, it's like Mr. Bean. You have this guy hmm. who doesn't, who barely speaks. Um, going around, and all these people are going about their day, functioning, being fancy having a good time and here comes this this goofus who right. is just kind of bumbling and inept okay and right. uh, and it's so precisely choreographed oh that's cool all right so it's very similar to like it fits in that same vein of Post Charlie Chaplin, pre, I mean, obviously, if Bean, uh, if Rowan Atkinson learned everything from this guy, it, it's, I guess, it's following kind of in the footsteps of uh, Chaplin. And then who is the other guy that you taught me about? Oh, the, Buster the Keaton. Film one? Buster Keaton, yeah. The, the yeah. greatest. Okay. Old Stoneface, the greatest right. Buster Keaton. Yeah. Um, I would say if uh, the sort of. If you want to know what kind of director he is, if you take the nuts and bolts, how am I going to accomplish this slapstick of mm -hmm. Buster Keaton? And you mix the the um, the almost self-destructive financially woeful um, egotism of control as well as the talent to back it up of Orson Welles. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. All right. And then you add the impeccable um, the impeccable cinematography and set design of Wes Anderson. Interesting. That's, oh, cool. So you take these cool. three geniuses and combine them right. to get like a super genius. 
Mm. He is incredible. Um, and like I said, like universally beloved. If you've seen these movies, you're like, oh, wow, I love that. Um, so, so yeah, uh, in, in fact, uh, there's a shot in Mon Uncle uh, right. where he's going up the stairs in a kind of crappy apartment building and you can see him through the windows as he goes up and as he crosses exterior hallways and stuff, as he goes up to his oh, top floor, neat. it's like a, it's kind of like a split level, but it's like five stories of split level instead of three. Right. And I think it was in the most recent Wes Anderson movie, the French dispatch. Oh, interesting. Like an exact reference to that was made. Right. And I saw that. I was like, oh, Tati, I love you. <laughs> You're a good boy. What a nice boy sending a love letter to your film daddy. Um, I know exactly that level of like satisfaction where you see these little uh, bits of cinematography or, or scenes where it's a reference to... Um, the previous way something was shot yeah and you're like oh, i know that i know that you know? <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll i'm gonna deviate for a half second sure and i'm just gonna note that um they did a uh like a shot by shot um reference uh in uh andor to um the 1977 star wars to the original star wars the new hope yeah and it it got me like it, it gave me the, the 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 goosebumps and the wigglies. Without a, without um, spoilers, which shot was it? Because um, yeah, that was a great show. I really loved yeah. it, and like I yeah, I loved it. There's a there's a scene where one of the characters is uh, getting tortured. Yeah, and as oh. they zoom in on that character getting tortured a door shuts closed in the camera's face and yeah. the camera immediately pans up to follow the bootsteps of one of the Imperial officers. Nice. It's yep. nearly yep. shot by shot, a reference to um, when Princess when Leia is about to get tortured. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, it's I such a good scene. That. I was good. like, oh, dude! Oh, dude! <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. shot! <laughs> God, speaking of yeah. great stuff, man, that, I think Andor is the best Star Wars stuff since Empire. Like, it's so good. It really made oh, me, yeah. it really made me like engaged in the larger universe in a way that nothing yeah. else has done. And it yeah, made me so angry. I was like, these Imperial scum, we gotta do something. And I'm like, wait, Dan, yeah. this is, a, this is, there, there's not an actual galactic empire. Like, calm down. <laughs> Yeah, they're just no, they're just really, actors. Really well like done. you don't have to be mad. Oh man, yeah, they really yeah. got me. Man, it was. Yeah, the prison scenes. Oh, oh man, it was fantastic. Oh, Andy Serkis yeah. did really well. Everyone yes, did really did. well. The uh, the crap. imperial officer lady who was who was running the investigation. She uh -huh. was great. Oh, she was fantastic. That's like and the Stella first Skarsgård the... just jumping back and forth between those two roles. Oh yeah. Holy but uh yeah that imperial actor she like it's like oh uh it's it was like i i'm sympathizing with an imperial this what this is new <laughs> it's just not like yeah. oh uh uh we need we need another ingle another uh evil brit 
Kachunk. Yeah, Here right. is Evil Brit number 81. Thank you. Yeah, right. This was like Hello, yes, a rounded, Death Star. a fully yeah. rounded person. Like, wow, I, yeah. I, yeah, she's got some good goals, but also she's a Nazi, so uh, right, <laughs> she's a space Nazi. That can't be good. I did like towards the end of the series how how terrible she is as a space Nazi. Oh, finally yeah. came out, not in her like hitting some level of, like, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. But it's just, like, that you could obviously tell that she's been bred in a generation of, like, accepting this fascist dogma. And yeah. she just is unquestionably doing it because that's what she lives and breathes. Yeah. I, I thought that was well, really, really, really well done. Yeah. Like, yeah. they really, every character was, like, believable. Like, you, you felt, oh, you yeah. come from somewhere. You, yeah. you lived... Before they said action. Yeah. 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 It's just the, the, very well done. The biggest bit, the bit that like I've got my fingers, toes and, and every appendage I can cross crossed for is that I really hope that season two has um, some of the nation building that goes into bringing the Rebel Alliance together. Mm. Because with all of the stuff that they've been building with Mon Mothma right. doing the uh, I think they've the got to, right? Like that, because like yeah, they kind of like I really what, hope so. Where they took her story and then okay, yeah. season's over. Like, well, yeah. I know that you live till the movies because you're in the movies. Right. right. She's like the only person from the movies in the show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. From and, the you know the seventies, eighties trilogy. Right. One of the interesting things that happened in um, Rogue One is that when they had the Mon Calamari show up as part of the Rebel Alliance fleet over Scarif before um, the attack on the second Death Star, yeah. like there was a long time in the old expanded universe lore where the belief was that the Mon Calamari joined the Rebel Alliance at some point between Yavin and Endor. And that that was something that had happened like off oh. in the background, right? Because the idea was like, Okay, well, they're attacking the Death Star just with X-Wings. So the Rebel Alliance can't be that big at that point. Oh. And then Rogue One kind of changed it and it's like, nope, nope, they've got the yeah, they've they got medical big frigates ones. and they got the Yeah, they got the Mon Calamari Star Cruiser, like they have a full fleet. Yeah. So and and I really loved all of the universe building that went on in the old expanded universe uh, stories about where the Mon Calamari came from and how they're like Admiral Akbar and, and how he's involved in building the Republic after the Empire collapses. Yeah. So I'm like really, 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 really hoping I, uh... that them and the Bothans, right? Many Bothans died to bring us this information. I'm really hoping that, that we get that in season two. Oh, but yeah. that's that's just me. Yeah. I uh, uh, I read the comics, the Star Wars comics you uh, told me to read. Oh, neat! Like a year ago. Um, oh, yeah, cool. they were great. They're on uh, Marvel Unlimited app. They're, oh, they awesome. got, They have Which... like all the Star Wars comics. Uh, is it? Is it Dark Empire? Yeah, yeah, Dark Empire. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Where it's like five years after Jedi, and uh -huh. and Luke is like, no, I have to be bad. And I'm like, what? Why? And then you know, yeah. stuff happens. Yeah, that was and cool. The cloned emperor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because yeah. you were saying the yeah the clone thing, 
And uh, yeah, it was. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I really like the. Uh, there are some, like, '90s, um, some '90s comics that are about uh, bounty hunters and Jabba and stuff. Oh my goodness! Oh, they're man. so good. They're yeah, so, the tales they're of the bounty funny. hunters. Yeah, they're just funny. The I'm like, Fett I love comics. these guys. Oh, they're great. Oh, they're so good. There's a the yeah. Boba Fett one, yeah. but there's also like. There's one, you know, like Bosk and somebody or yeah. have to do some job. Like, well, Jabba's dead, and here's some other huts who uh, inherited his crap, and so we have to deal with mm. them. Well, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's fun. It's just everyone's a everyone's an asshole, and it's like <laughs> yeah, okay, because cool. it's the criminal underworld of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, and they're all just like just like dumb jerks. It's great. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about the bounty hunter stories is that. They're relatively plug-and-play, regardless of whether they got told back in the late 90s pre-Disney yeah. or, or post. The only thing is, like, if you're reading them, you kind of have to... You do some, you know, kind of narrative hooks alteration in your head as you're reading. But otherwise, it still fits. You know? yeah, it's still yeah. very Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's you know? it's nice. No one has the name Skywalker. And right. you're just... Yeah, it's like a minor character, you know, oh, this one didn't say anything. You just stood there looking cool in one movie right. once. Let's do a right. comic about him. <laughs> Dengar. Yeah, who the hell is Zuckus? <laughs> oh, never mind. Here's an entire six-episode miniseries on him. Yeah. yeah. Screw it. Why not? Anyway, um, so I'm terribly sorry. I, I deviated because <laughs> we, um, we, I, I sniffed Star Wars and, and is, I was like a... Uh, a fat guy smelling a pie. Ooh, Ooh you know. Star Wars pie. Yeah. This is what yeah, happens yeah. when we do one of these a month. When we do this for one night a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we just. Yeah. What did you do in the last month? Well, I talked about all these things. Oh well, I watched all these things. They were oh, really yeah. good. Oh wow, those are really good. I like those. <laughs> right. We're just like dogs I'm sniffing sorry. each other's culture butt, oh. pop culture oh. butts. <laughs> I. That's a. You know what? I really like that. The Dan and Aaron like a Rama, where two old men sniff each other's pop culture bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's our um, byline from here on in. Okay, so uh, Jacques Tati. So uh, uh, Mr. Hilo's holiday is uh, basically this guy. You'll never guess, Mr. Hilo. He huh. uh, he goes to uh, the French Mediterranean. Okay. Um, as does everyone else, because it's it's summer. Everyone goes on vacation. It's France, so they're all on like you know, ten months out of the year vacation or something. That's a right. joke. That's an American, uh, Western, uh, xenophobic jingo joke. Because uh, I I, I need to believe that, that vacations yeah. are bad and people don't deserve them. Goddamn right. You you could uh, infringe on the company's bottom line. Um, but um, yeah. So he he goes to the beach, and it's him and just like you know like. Here's a you know there's a kid and there's a middle aged couple and there's the the person running the hotel and whatever. Um, it's just it's very much like an episode of Mr. Bean. Um, okay. There are. In all of these, something that I really, really love about these movies, there are no stakes. Oh, nice. There's no drama. There's almost no plot. 
right. nothing like it's you're not gonna there's so many shows and movies that are so tense and you watch you're like oh god what are they gonna do like you know i was just telling <laughs> you how i would i would watch andor and be all riled up and mad and have oh wait hang on, right. it's fiction um or is it um yes it is um but is it a metaphor yes of course it is <laughs> um but but i love that there's just no stakes and it's like here's a guy on vacation Good. except he's a goofus and like goofy stuff right. happens you know um there's like misunderstandings and someone being annoyed at the record player and uh he play he plays tennis and it's he does it in a funny way because he's goofy it's just it's that level of like wow this is great i love this Right. And you can see, ooh, this guy's good. But then the next movie, uh, My Uncle, you can you see him grow. And okay. you're like, oh, okay, all the the clever tricks are still there. But now okay. he's doing I I don't even want to call it satire because it's not like biting or angry or anything it's just he goes to uh he lives this is the one where he lives in the like dilapidated apartment Mm -hmm. and uh it starts with a shot of like stray dogs running around the neighborhood and they run through paris and they get to i guess it's Paris. i don't know they run through the town and they uh they get to the like really fancy modern neighborhood And so it's like, yeah, that's kind of what he is. He's like a stray dog running around being, you know, out of place. Right. And uh, so he goes to his sister's house who has this like super advanced modern high tech house Mm -hmm. Um, and like fancy friends. And they have like a little garden party outside. And it's very they're all like keeping up with the Joneses. Okay. And he comes and he's not like anti it. He's he's like appreciative. He's like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's neat. And then everyone looks away right. and he's like, you know, messing with it, trying to make it do the thing again. And it breaks. And he's like, oh, 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 oh. And he tries to fix it. And it's like, oh, oh, nothing. Uh, uh, you know, he's like, <laughs> he's like, a you know, that child, that child like thing of uh, if if I uh, if I can rig it. So it looks like it's not broken. I won't get in trouble. Then no one will notice. No yeah, one right, will right. ever know. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and oh, there's, man. There's Those are the best. It, all of the, like, anytime that you build that up in a, um, in a shot and then you spend some time kind of developing it, it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. It, it's such a great, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, this is where he starts doing something else that's great that um, Orson Welles did and uh, Sergio Leone really did. And I, uh, maybe Sam Peckinpah, but I know uh, for a fact, definitely Orson Welles and Sergio Leone, which is deep focus lenses. Mm. Deep focus lenses are great because you can play with it because it kind of flattens out a scene. It makes it more two dimensional. Right. But if it's right in front of the camera, it's in focus. If it's medium, if it's 30 feet away from you, it's all in focus. Right. And when you have that, 
you're able oh it's that squished focus yeah 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 it's but you're but you're able to do things simultaneously in all parts right. of the screen yeah yeah and yeah um what's his name um uh oh god the the, the director's name starts with an a it's the um altman altman loved using Robert deep altman, focus yeah. cameras yeah, Robert Altman. Yeah, he loved using deep focus cameras because he was capturing a whole bunch of actors that he had spent a lot of money on all <laughs> doing the same, all, not the same thing, but all doing a variety of things. He was always filling his scenes. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, right. Um, so, like, there's some great scenes in My Uncle where you'll see, you'll see, like, the, uh, um, the front, the, like, the front yard of the house and yeah. then... Uh, Mr. Hulo and his nephew are around the side looking at something and you can see what both scenes are doing in the same shot. And he'll do like long shots. He does like really long takes. <laughs> okay. um, so right. It's there's very few, there's like no fast cuts. Right. Everything is right. like, uh, it's like, um, it's like doing a farce on stage. You know, where right. everything has to be precisely timed. Right. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like I said, he is in maniacal control. Except I'm, not I'm like a bad dude. Some, I'm watching some YouTube clips right now. and Oh, my God. This is definitely prototypical Mr. Bean. Right. This is great. Yeah. And I mean, oh, Ron Atkinson will be, is the first one to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But also, there's a lot of Buster Keaton in this, too. Yeah. There's there's a lot of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin in this. It's yeah. great. Yeah, a lot of Some Buster Some of the Keaton. visual sight gags where it's, especially the stuff where, not, I'm not, I'm listening to this on silent, but, you know, it's especially any of the stuff where you can expect somebody to add, like, a fully artist, you know, wing, you know, <laughs> somebody is, like, pulled off screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is great. Oh, I'm loving this. Yeah, it's great stuff, and... He has the understated reactions like Buster Keaton. Right. And what he does, what's so great with this, like, this, uh, this childlike, simple guy like Mr. Hulo. Uh-huh. When you put him in an environment where everything is ultra modern and really complex, mm-hmm. whenever, I mean, I work QA for a, a, a bank's, uh, web team and what I preach every day is whenever you add complexity that's more chances it's more things that can break yeah oh yeah and <laughs> Mr. Hulo is oh it's more complexity that's more things that can break <laughs> and that's what his, that's what these movies are it's him right. running into the the ultra modern the world becoming more complex space age France and <laughs> and chaos ensues light right. gentle slow motion chaos right which brings <laughs> us to God what an amazing movie playtime I love playtime the first time I watched it because I, I I had seen the other ones. Uh, you know, they would be on, you know, Netflix or or Hulu or something, and I would right. watch them. And Playtime, you had to rent. 
So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll pay a few bucks. I like this guy. Right, right. And I watched it. And when it was over, I was just, I was just a quivering, gelatinous mess. I was like, this was incredible. Oh, wow. An absolutely incredible movie. So he's all a of tall gentlemen too. He's, he's six really foot three. Tall. Yeah, he's a tall guy. Wow. Yeah. So, playtime. It was. It took him nine years to make. Part of that is because of financial reasons. Part of it is because he built a miniature city. Oh, wow. Okay. The the right. building, the office buildings in this movie are actual buildings with working, working escalators, working lights, yeah. working. He built a city block or like, I guess it's like four blocks. Right. Um, it was the most expensive movie ever made in France at the time. Hmm. It ruined him. He went, oh. he went bankrupt because of this movie. Oh. Um, he, he uh, but it's, it's one of these things where when you see it, you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. But not enough people went to the theater to make the money back. Mm. So he, he had Jeez. to go bankrupt. The tax people came after him. He, his mom died and he got the house. He had to sell the house. Oh. It was just all this... But this movie is, if you take a slapstick farce from the 20s, like a two-reeler from the 20s, and slow it down to two hours, it's it's like a slow-motion slapstick. Huh. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this now, and man, this, this is... The funny thing is, like, the DNA of these shots is ever present in um, our our visual uh, cinematic comedy landscape. Yeah, there are so many of these shots where I'm like, oh, oh, it's that shot. Oh, it's this. Oh, yeah, I've seen this gag before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that I'm reminding myself as I'm watching these is it's highly likely with with a bunch of the shots that he's doing that this is the first time it was done in that way. Yeah. This is where you saw it. Yeah. This is where that guy saw it. Yeah. Right, right, right. This is where Seth Rogen picked up that joke, or this is where, you know, Rowan Atkinson picked up that joke. Right, right, right. Yeah. Huh. This is great. This is so much. I love this stuff where you, you finally discover the origin of the, the thing that becomes the trope. You know, yeah, like that's you've you've heard me talk about that with Trek, sure. Um, but this is great with comedy. This is great. This is so much of this is these are the reasons we have these comedic tropes now is because you you have the, you have these guys like Tati and and um, Keaton and Chaplin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just did this one where the guy, the guy keeps missing. He's got a, he's got a sledgehammer. And he keeps missing the nail. Oh shit! Sure. And they finally cut to the guy. And the guy is cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like a Looney Tunes joke. 
Right, right, right. Uh, oh, yeah. God. And, oh, man, it is the lobster. Oh, man. Okay, sorry, sorry, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, so, yes, yeah, so in playtime, um, yeah. Mr. Hulo and all these American tourists right. uh, come to visit Paris. Um, but to Tati's disdain, not Hulo's, but Tati's, it's not romantic Paris of the imagination. It is space age, late sixties, ultra modern steel, concrete glass Paris. And it looks like every other city. Right. Um, like it's not quite brutalist architecture, but it's that everything is gray it's gray and glass. Is everything. It's Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mad Men. It's your town, wherever you live. That's right. That's right. what it looks like. Um, it's just it's just rectangles. Um, and <laughs> I think I'm watching a scene from it right now, where where he's trying to figure out how to get out of the roundabout. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Oh yeah. Um, so. So the, uh, all these folks, they visit France. Oh, and, and a cool little trick. You, maybe three or four times in the movie, you catch a glimpse of Paris, the the romantic okay. idea of Paris. And it'll be like, right. uh, one, they open a glass door and you see the Eiffel Tower and the reflection. And then the door mm. closes and it's back to steel and glass. Oh, neat. It's, oh, that's it's clever. It's a beautiful shot. And I saw a picture of, they called it Toddyville, this little <laughs> few city blocks that he built outside Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they did that. Like, oh, that's how they did that shot. Cool, okay. <laughs> um, or you'll, you know, you'll see the Arc de Triomphe and it'll be, um, you know, like a poster for a tour of the city that's leaving, right. you know, something like right. that. Um, right. But they go in these buildings and the building is, uh, you know, it's the restaurant and the store and the apartments and the offices, you know, it's that right. like ev- right. everything looks the same. Right. And it's this just like, Bleh. and so he sets it up. And it's these just gorgeous long shots and the whole crowd, everyone in the crowd is doing something and has, I'm this person and my job is to, I need to get the bread. I need to go to work. I need to find my dog. I need to do this. You know, they have a goal in mind and they're (laughs) crisscrossing. It's like an ant farm. Right. Um, And meticulously shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Yeah. I'm watching some of the best clips of... I'm watching uh, Mr. Uh, Hulo's uh, holiday right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, this is great. Um, so, uh, and uh, the, the, the deep focus again, in playtime especially, you yeah. know, in, in my uncle, there'll be, yeah. there'll be things happening in like two parts of the screen. Oh, look at this. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I got to watch traffic now. In, in Or not traffic, but, but playtime. I got to watch playtime because I just saw this scene. Oh, man, this is fantastic. Yeah, this is. Oh, oh Dan, I'm so excited about watching this now. So like oh, my uncle, they'll, you'll see like two things happening in the same scene. Yeah. Playtime, there'll be like five things happening 
Right. Like I just saw this. There was this one where obviously the, the shot was really well put together and really well composed where everybody is walking like little worker ants in between their densely packed and parked cars. Yeah. And it's obvious that he's set up that scene so that there is uh, visual kind of fluidity to each person kind of walking past each other and intersecting each other. Yeah. Almost like a circuit board. Yeah. And it's just a quick shot. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I love this stuff. I love stuff like this. Okay. This is awesome. But it's oh, like... There's a there's a scene where it's these apartments and they have the one yeah. big window. Right. And it's these square windows on mm. four or maybe six apartments. And you can see from the street, you can see into each home and you see, right. you know, this guy coming in and sitting down and turning on the TV. And next door, mm. you see a couple doing a thing and. You know, they'll do, they'll, they'll move. I don't know. I forget, I forget what they're doing, if they're dancing or kissing or what. Right. But they'll do, they'll do something. And the guy in the next apartment leans in watching the TV. And it looks like he's peering on, like he's being a creep spying on his oh. neighbors. But it's, he's just watching TV on his, on his couch. <laughs> it's stuff like that. It's really neat. It's really right. cool. Right. right. Um, and it's this precise precisely orchestrated interaction it's really like it's choreography it's ballet like it's so perfectly set up and so basically the first (laughs) the first like i'm watching these shots and like they're great comedy yeah but they also obviously take took a bunch of precision to set up yeah oh, this is great. you need blueprints for this these. is great. forget forget yeah forget uh, storyboards you need blueprints this is state this is staging in the most like serious advanced way yeah oh these are wonderful so he uh the first like hour of the movie is kind of setting up the dominoes um yeah you got hulo is in town he has some meeting and, uh, you know, he does a bit with some plastic chairs and that's funny. And, uh, there's like an elevator bit and you see a big office bit and he gets lost right. bit and all these things. And there's like companies showing off their new things that they're selling and all this. And meanwhile, there's like, Ooh, that's a pretty lady. I want to say hi to the pretty lady is happening. Mm-hmm. And, and all these tourists are running around squawking. The men and women. Right. Uh, mm. uh, and, you know, being loud Americans from the 60s. Right, right. And, uh, but oh, he, I just he, saw, I just saw the Eiffel Tower shot. Isn't it Sorry. great? Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah. But he, uh, he sets up all the dominoes in the first, like, hour. And then, uh, it culminates in the restaurant. Okay. And the restaurant, oh my God. It's probably 45 or 50 minutes, this restaurant scene. Um, I'm literally watching where they just said it's 48 minutes. Well, there you go. (laughs) Wow. Wow, look at these shots. High five me. But he. This uh, is fantastic. So, part of this, it's this whole thing, it's like, oh, it's just built. It's brand new. It's. You know, it's it's this year, it's this month, it's the newest model, mm-hmm. everything's new. 
And so it's right. the opening night for this restaurant. And before they open the doors, you see the, the manager, you know, freaking out because like, oh, this light's not done yet. And oh, the tiles, we yeah. just put them down. I hope they're glued down all the way. And oh, right. are you sure the paint dried on the chairs? And okay, is everyone, are, are the wait staff, do they know what they're doing? Is everything okay? And he's like freaking out. Oh my And God. then Look people come this. in and it devolves. <laughs> It just devolves wow. and devolves and devolves. And there's like, wow. <laughs> there's like, there's this like, amazing. there's like 50 people in this scene oh, this between diners amazing. and staff and Hulo and right. drunks and waiters right. and bartenders and couples. Oh, look at this. And, uh, and there's probably 10 storylines all overlapping mm. and crisscrossing yeah. and getting, you know, happening within each other's shots. Right, right. Um, you know what this reminds oh me of? Man, this it's reminds just me absolutely of, um, gorgeous and wonderful. And it gets, this, it just gets zany. Like, uh, yeah. like Peter Sellers, the, uh, the, the party, the Blake Edwards movie. Right. I think it was right. Blake Edwards, the party, um, you know, without uh, a, a British guy pretending to be Indian. But that right. level of like, oh my God, everything's happening at once, except right. it's so precise and it's, it's just amazing. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Um, what's uh, what's the freaking um? Oh my God, I'm having a complete and total brain fart. Um, what's the what's the eighties what's the eighties movie where they carry around the dead guy? Weekend at Bernie's. Um, Weekend at Bernie's. So, Weekend at Bernie's. Who's the director for Weekend at Bernie's? Because um, he, th there's uh, directed by Ted Kocheff and written by Robert Klein. Well, I don't know those names actually. I okay. don't know Ted Kocheff. But uh, anyway, there's a scene in um, there's a scene in um, the Beach House, yeah, which is a it, it is following in the footsteps of uh this kind of jacques Tati uh cinematic trope of let's have 13 ridiculous things all going on at the same time sure and as long as we choreograph it right these people will inter intersect yeah in the background and it will cause the chaos that's about to occur in the foreground and yeah. it was one of those where i remember um i remember when i was taking my 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 um film critique uh, minor I remember that being pointed out to me as a thing that happened a lot in movies from the 50s and the 60s and then it went away for a long period of time during the auteur period in the yeah. 70s and then it came back when people started doing big zany comedies again in the 80s yeah, the where they 80s, had enough money uh... to do big budget style fill a whole scene with a bunch of people yeah the, you know? the 80s uh clearly written on cocaine and you have to have topless women movies yeah yeah right right but <laughs> like that's, legally but required to include topless <laughs> women right 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 and there walks past a, a naked lady yeah, yeah and everybody yeah but there was i, I it's interesting watching because i'm watching these uh this kind of uh, uh set of clips on youtube and um the dinner, oh, I'm sorry. The dinner party, the restaurant scene, 
it it felt very spiritually analogous to to that the, that weekend at Bernie's beach house scene. Yeah. Uh, and that just stood out to me a lot. Anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry. It's just that. yeah, it's yeah. the controlled chaos and so many yes. overlapping stories. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and like and then characters with motivations. Them, right, and then eventually one of the characters in the background doing the uh, the comedic background slapstick thing that they are choreographed to do. Yeah, end up in the foreground. And that thing that has been happening in the background takes center stage as the the A plot to the comedy. Yeah. And then it fades away to be followed by another thing that becomes, you know, right. it was this other B plot that was going. But oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, so good. It's like, it's you so know, good. you're watching a stage play and if you have like really good, subtle lighting, it's that like. Right. You're naturally following this now. Wait, how did mm. I how did I get to following those two people? Okay, right. Why am I following? Yeah, it's just yeah. it's so good. <laughs> he just reaches right. in your brain and takes control. But it's, mm-hmm. I mean, this movie especially, playtime especially, just the fact that he made it is a feat. Right. The fact that it's also charming and funny is another a whole nother feat it's just it's gorgeous it's indulgent it's hilarious and i think it's just magical i think it's one of the i mean it's like the most magical uh spell that's been cast on me by a movie is playtime (laughs) right and i watch it like i i kind of want to immediately watch it again I am oh, I am man. so curious about oh man this is like I'm watching more and more of Playtime and and it is wow it is impressive yeah how like staged this is this yeah. is wild and the thing is oh, and this he, is so cool but the driving force is he's also a great clown uh-huh he's a great pantomime physical comedian that's his whole yeah, career. Yeah, he's taking advantage. He's taking advantage of all that six foot and change. Yeah, his whole he just, career everything is, is aggrandized because he moves. Is is, he you know thirty plus years he moved uh-huh. his body as a as a clown, as right, physical comedy, right. and he's just so dang good at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just also happens to be a great door director. With the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the glass door is great. Oh my god! That's it's so great. and it's there's so many running gags because it's yeah you remember all these different people's continuity and right. you get all these oh, intersecting running gags. It's it's brilliant. It's oh it's so <laughs> it just makes me so happy. It's so it's so fulfilling and joyous to watch. This yeah. is great. Look at this with the staging. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Man, all right, yeah, we're gonna have to watch one of these. Um, I know Mon Uncle oh, wow. and uh, Mosier Hulo's Holiday are both on HBO Max right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Playtime you can rent on Amazon for like four okay. bucks, or you all can right. buy it for like fifteen, or you know track down a DVD right. of it. It uh, it's one of those ones where like I think Criterion got them in Ameri- in North American format. Oh, okay. Because I think for a long time they were just European format. But I think they're in North American format now. Oh, good. 
But man, oh man, oh man, what a great, I mean, they're all cool, but those three especially, uh, Mr. Hilo's Holiday, Mon Uncle, and Playtime. And like you said, Traffic's also great. Uh, the Big Day, uh, Le, uh, uh, Jeu de Fete. Oh, God. Are, the are scene with really the cool. tile, and he's walking off with the tile yeah, on yeah, the yeah. foot. Yeah, the tile's a good oh, The chairs, great. I love, I think the chairs might be my favorite bit. It's just oh, such a, so like, funny. quiet gag that pops yeah. up. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's great. The guy leaning against the crown light, and then he later has the crown on the back of the suit. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, this it's a is, bunch oh, of yeah. fancy people, and, and everyone gets drunk, and stuff falls apart, and yeah. stuff wasn't installed properly. And right, right. He, like I say, oh, he spends great. an hour placing dominoes, mm-hmm. and one will fall, and you go, oh, the domino fell. Right. And then you realize, oh, no, that domino falling was what mm-hmm. gets you to these other dominoes falling. And then right, the end is just right. fireworks. <laughs> it's such an amazing ending. Just it you just know, keeps going. It's 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 just really wonderful. interesting looking at his face. He um his face alone reminds me a lot of like if you did a slider bar back and forth between um oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you bastard. He, oh yeah, I'll take it, one hundred percent. His his face looks like a a a hybrid cross between Alexi Sale and um, oh God, who's who's that? Who's the the tall British comedian? The the, the why am I constantly drawing a blank right now? He was in. He was just recently in. Um, uh, uh, Sandman, Neil Gaiman, Sandman as the as the the Glade. Um, oh, Finnegan's Glade. Oh, um, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. He looks like yeah. So so Jock Tati looks like okay. this kind of like if you took Alexi Sale and Stephen Fry. Yeah. And and you put the two pictures in like a morpho screen and you slid them. The midpoint would be Jacques Tati. Okay, because <laughs> I, I kept see that. looking at his face and I was like, "Where do I recognize his face from?" Sure. And it's yeah, but that makes sense. Uh, but the other thing that I noticed as I was watching um, the clips is that he does a lot of the same stuff that those two actors do with the like the faux pompousness, you know, yeah, where yeah, they, yeah. they let the whole face go slack where it's like, Bow, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, if I had known that was going to happen, you know? Yeah. And, and so he, of, he does uh, that to great comedic effect. Lots of jaw acting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they've got those jowls. So it's worth it to do it. Yeah. He, yeah. he does good things with his chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, yeah. speaking of, uh, Alexi sale on mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, someone posted the, six episode TV show as well as broken down clip by clip the movie they made of it um, a British comedy I only heard about recently called Whoops Apocalypse Whoops Apocalypse okay uh, Alexi Sale right. is in it um, uh, Rick Mail has a small part in oh, the show and the movie in the show he plays a, uh, a kind of folk rock guy who right. uh, advises president, definitely not Reagan, 
This is from like oh, 1982 God. or 84 or something like that. And in the movie, he plays an explosive version of uh, sort of the, the, the sergeant leading some uh, SAS soldiers uh, okay. into, into a, a, a culminating event. And he's okay. just yelling right. and screaming and being macho. And I mean, he's with male, <laughs> so of course it's wonderful. It's hilarious. Um, they're both like pretty good. I don't think it's like the greatest comedy ever, another. But I I enjoyed them both. But the second episode of the show, there's a joke where there's a new prime minister, a new administration in England, and he makes a reveal that I won't. I want you to watch the show. Okay. You can even right. skip the first episode. Just watch the second one for this funny old man, his dry, absurd reveal about himself. <laughs> it had okay. me right. howling with laughter. Okay. He's right. so, oh my God, he's so funny. It's just so, <laughs> so, so funny. And it builds and builds right. and builds and builds throughout the episode. It's, oh my God. Ooh, um, yeah, uh, the second episode of Whoops Apocalypse is really funny. And Alex, the, the mention of Alexi Sale reminded me of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm excited. And I mean, it's basically, you Whoops can guess Apocalypse. from the title, it's, it's you know, oops, I caused nuclear war <laughs> is right there in oh, the title. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Nice. It's just, it's 80s <laughs> American, Soviet, British, you know, Western right. versus Soviet. Uh, whoopsies. Oh, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to go check that out. Yeah, it's it, right. those are on YouTube. I don't know if there's a place to legitimately watch it or not. I don't think so. A lot of the British stuff <laughs> you can't get. But uh, yeah, but yeah, there the movie and the TV show are both good. But yeah, episode two of the TV show. Oh my god, I was dying. The that's prime cool. minister I'll had me dead. <laughs> R.I.P. Me. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, I guess that's it. Cool. Well, that was a fantastic episode. I I really appreciate it because I'm I'm totally totally going to spend some time uh, finding that and watching it in some way, shape, or form. Because holy crap, that was uh, like just watching some of the um, the the video of playtime and Mon Uncle. Man, it looks great. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to. uh, it it's I, yeah like all the I all the big s- words are so overused that they sound like mm-hmm. small but i mean it it is phenomenal these movies are right. phenomena yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it because these are little hidden gems of of uh days of cinema's past that you just you, you miss unless uh you have a friend like you, Dan. <laughs> that says, it, it's hey. funny because, I mean, these were going on at the same time as, I mean, you know, when you think of mid-century French cinema, you know, you think of like, you know, Goddard and, and Renoir and these mm-hmm. guys, you know, I think of like the 400 Blows and Alphaville right. and all these, right. you know, Les Samurai, all these like bleak, oh, I'm a tortured soul and life is dumb and love and murder are the same you know all these like bleak pseudo philosophical angry guys but at the same time you had this like wonderful sunshiny happy joyous magnificent 
stuff coming from uh, Jacques Tati. Yeah, that is. This is a great episode, and Yay. I really appreciate you bringing Jacques Tati into uh, my little brain pan and into <laughs> my sphere. Hooray. I'm looking forward to watching some of it. Well, I hope everyone listening watches them too. You better. You darn better, it, or I'm going to get you. Yeah, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's maybe. Uh, that's that episode, uh, and uh, cool. bye bye. Here's some closing music. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>